Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share. No share with Dr. Dave. Hey, hey hello this? and welcome to the Mouth Share with Dr. Dave podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is Dr. Dave Cronulla, your host. And I'm excited to be here with my friend, Tracy. Tracy, uh, we're going to be talking about belonging and why is it in, it's important. Um, and so, you know, we, we earlier we talked about putting up uh, an episode per month as we, we begin to work in our book, Belonging on, and Healing. So, Tracy, Tracy, welcome. What's going on with you? Dave, hey. Uh, thank you. Good morning. And... <laughs> Life is good. Uh, look at you, you know, you know? I, I'm in that calm mode, you, you know? know, just chill today. I don't know what's up with that, but um, oh, I wanted to I'm, start off with oh, a quote by Angela Maya, by, by, by Maya Angelo. Okay. Um, and she says, I long as <clears throat> does every human being to be at home wherever I find myself. So that's her context of belonging. And so why is belonging important? Why do we care so much about belonging as human beings? What's the deal with that? Heck if I know. It's innate. It's yeah. something we feel complete to, to, in order to belong somewhere that makes us feel complete, that makes us feel like we have some kind of anchor, some kind of grounding. So it just, to feel like you belong kind of gives you some wholeness, some sense of sense of being, right? Yeah. So that's what it is, a sense of being. Yeah. So what story do you have from yourself about belonging? I know you and I have been having conversations about belonging. And uh, yeah. what about for you specifically? So, you know, th there's different areas of belonging and different places and spaces and for me, I think the most important belonging or sense of belonging that I have is familial belonging. Mm. And there's work belonging, there's family belonging, there's societal, you know, so there's different cultures, ethnicity, all of those. But familial belonging is pretty high up on the list for me. Um, my relationships with the people that I share DNA with or have chosen to love, that's the most important. You know, we share that in common. And, and so I was reflecting this week on a belonging story. Okay. And, and I could remember that as a kid, and I think it was maybe around three or four years old, this is how important this memory is mm -hmm. in my life is that, uh, my parents had gotten divorced and my mother went to work on, a, on another island, you know? I, and so I remember as a kid missing my mother so much that I would put on my uncle's shoes and socks and I would be running down the street toward the pier on, on this island trying to go find my mom. So oh. it's th that sense of belonging, yeah. so familial, is really, really yes. deep for me. You know, just, you know how you and I connect as brothers yep. and sisters, yep. you know? Um, so that is like really important for me. So that kind of like anchored my sense of belonging yeah. right, from a very young age yeah, and in a very deep way. 
Mm-hmm. And also to add to that, it gives a sense of, and, and for people who don't have a family system that they feel like they belong to, I would hope that they were, are able to choose people that they feel as if they're family with them and can belong in that sense. Because we don't always get the graciousness of having a family system that we're born into that we get along with or feel accepted by or like. Um, But when we do, or when we choose those family systems or those people that we call family, it, there, there's a sense of, um, I feel important to these other people. It, it's important for me to be in this system to make this system better, or the system helps me to be better. And, and to go along with those lines um, of a family, like experience or, or memory, family reunions, yeah. big thing, right? Yeah. Big thing in, in many <clears throat> cultures and families. And I have the joy, I guess I could say, of having over a hundred first cousins. Jeez. Right. And to actually know them by name and to be able to recognize them and also get to know new cousins often as well that aren't first cousins still in my life now is kind of dope. Right. So that to me, it's just, it's really, really important. And and that sense of, I happen to come from a family that has a lot of pride in who they are as people. And not everybody has that, which, you know, I really, really, want to impress press that to people to find your find your people right be be able to identify who that would be for you and to attempt to find that and that that's a whole how do we find that is a whole nother thing right that we'll have a question yeah I gotta find my people how do I do that if you have those people let those people know that they're important to you yes Right. And that that reciprocal sense of belonging is just so rich and valuable. Yeah. And and so I'm going to describe based on Harari, who wrote the book Sapiens, and and he, he, he described belonging as an intimate community where people know each other well and depend on each other for survival. So he talks about homo sapiens banding together to create a community for survival and protection. But yeah. but I think it's also for us to connect, mm-hmm. not physically, spiritually, emotionally, um, and and losing that sense of belonging sometimes you create this immense sense of anxiety, and then I think that's some of the things that you're touching on in terms of letting people know they're important because sometimes yeah. when we get separated yeah. uh, from whatever the, for whatever reasons. Um, it could really create a lot of anxiety in our lives and, and make things really difficult for us to function, you know, within our society. So what are your thoughts around that? Well, it just goes right along with, with what we've been saying to, to be able to find the really finding yourself so that you can find your people Yeah, and understanding that you are a result of <clears throat> a lot of things that has, that's happened to you that you've experienced and, and being okay with that, that that has nothing to do with your, your ability or your worth to belong to someone or a group. And, and that is a survival instinct, which is what you're, you're describing. 
to be alone for humans is to, to die because you think about a baby and you leave a baby sure. by themselves, right? They, we need to belong somewhere. Even, you know, sometimes it's shitty, you know, how, how we, where we belong. But that interaction also helps us to grow. Without that interaction, we don't grow. Certainly, that, that's a fact. So, you know, I just noticed that we're kind of wearing the same similar color. Yeah, I saw you that know, we were what, twinning. What, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What, what's up with that? Is that belonging you know, or what? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, you know, that, that leads to that, that calm. You know, I meditated and worked out this morning. So I'm mm. in this. <sighs> I like and that. I, didn't cha- I didn't change clothes. So there oh, is okay. that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right, right, and, right. And, and then there's that. There is you that. Know. Yeah, there you go. But when we think of when we get outside of just the familial aspect of it, and we're looking into the work um, mm. space where people could really come there and be their genuine self, well, and they should um, change after their workout. Um, <laughs> and so it's what is that? What are your thoughts around that in terms of? people in the workplace needing to be authentic, needing to bring their whole selves, needing to feel like they belong in that space to be able to produce value for the company that they work for. What's your thoughts? Yeah. You touched on this in the blog, right? So it's about that workplace allowing that authenticity to show and to support that authenticity of that person. And sometimes we don't even know who we authentically are because we have been walking around masking who we are in order to fit in with groups that we think we want to belong to or we, so we're supposed to belong to in order to fit that mold of what that group is. So uncovering that authentic self is a, is a job in and of itself. Once that's touched on for you to be able to be confident in who you are as authentically you and you walk into a workplace and that's not supported that doesn't make for a very good relationship because you're you're bound to have to mask in order to fit in not very healthy for the mental health right not not very you talked about anxiety earlier that's the anxiety producing thing right yeah so the workplaces have to work on creating an environment that people can show up authentically. Well, what, which is true. And companies are trying because it, it's not what, what I would think. It's not their core competency. So if you work right. for a tech company, you know, they're about building software. If you work for a clothing company and, and the, the thing is, is how do we develop these, what I call innate human skills? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, these, these are skills that, we kind of lose touch of it, touch of with at some point, because I'm thinking about, you know, you brought up the concept of a baby not being able to survive alone, but those skills of belonging and mm-hmm. how we interact with each other start at that level. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it progresses throughout time. So um, <clears throat> just, I was just looking at this belonging barometer, right yeah. from Ernst and, Ernst and Young and so I was just going to read off some of the statistics I'm um, you know that, that we have going on here and so statistics statistics yes there you go 
Yes, I am. I well, you know, I have to have surgery. Next I understand. Week, so, I understand. So. <laughs> you, you can say stats. We know stats. what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Early in the morning. So, um, so what they're saying is, fifty-six percent of all the respondents that they spoke to, and they, they talked spoke to about a hundred uh, people, adults, Americans, poor professionals, and they said they felt somewhat that they belong and they feel trusted and respected. Um, and so even baby boomers, are you a baby boomer? Nope. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Is your husband a baby boomer? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, I'm a baby boomer at the very tail end, the very last minst of it. So, you know, we feel like about 63% of us feel that we feel somewhat, you know, that we belong. And, you know, the Gen Xers are only at 56% in the millennials. So you can see it's decreasing. Yeah. over time in, in terms of how people feel they belong. What's going on with that in this modern time where, you know, as we get to the, to the Gen Xers and the millennials, we started to feel less and less connected to the workspace or the people that we work with. What do you think? Yeah, I, want, I, don't, I, I don't know if this is definitive, but I mean, this is just wondering out loud. Yeah. I wonder if it's because of how people are beginning to work differently and how some of the workplaces are trying doing the construct of the old guard i guess we could call it that and moving and evolving with how important belonging is to productivity in the workplace and i I, I there's a shift right and for the companies to catch up with that shift and this is corporations i'm small companies may have it you know, in the bag and doing a little bit more family owned businesses, who knows. But if we look at corporations, there, there's an evolutionary shift and some millennials are not buying into that corporate bullshit. And yeah. they're just like, I'm going to be and do on my own in order so that I can create a space of belonging for others. So I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a specific answer, but I'm just throwing out things that could be going on. Well, yeah, the needs are different, definitely. Um, Absolutely. You know, as I look, think about my own career, um, we try to fit in. We try to right. do whatever was necessary to be a part of that culture, uh, which meant for people like me, code switching was a thing, right? And we have to learn how to fit into that space and speak the lingo and the behavior and everything else that was um, part of the culture there. But yeah, with, with the millennials and younger, they're, they, they want to do their own space. You know, they want to be their yeah. authentic self yeah. and, and to, to be able to survive there. Yeah. And I think when, when you, when you mentioned code switch, that is something people of a certain generation knew that it was necessary to do in order to survive where they were Yep. because of the mainstream's view of things that in between generation, not millennials, but what is that? Zezers, Gen Zezers. Xers, Zezers, Wires, those people. Yeah, somewhere in um, there. It started pushing back at that. You know, because we, as a black woman, we talk about the, the hair. What kind of, if you can't wear braids at work and, and all of that kind of stuff. Now it's like, um, excuse me, this is my hair and I do and wear with it what I please. It's on my body. 
right? Yeah, yeah. That's yep. my choice, right? So there, there's more of a pushback, and that's just a, a, a an example, not a. It's a long term example. So I think the the pushback is helping the corporations reluctantly evolve. So that code switching may not be a thing for people to do anymore. It may not be the best advice for, you know, baby boomers to give to millennials in order to make it in the corporate workplace. Well, I don't even think that we should give ourselves that advice, right? It's not healthy, right? It's wearing a mask and and it's something that we want to get beyond. But if we wanted to talk about belonging in, in the space, in the workspace, in the work environment, you know, whether that's a, a mom and pop, it's a corporation. Um, how do we start talking about the purpose, the why of belonging in the organization? You know, what kind of actions do we take to, to, to share the why? Because oftentimes we, we, we may run into these programs and said, oh, we're going to have a belonging, a DEI program and stuff. But what is the purpose? Why is this important? I think the individual companies have to deem it important because it it is important because our world is, I like to call it a salad buffet instead of a melting pot because there's all these distinct differences on this salad and you want to taste the crunch. You want to taste the salty. You want to taste the whatever, right? In order for that to go well together, you have to appreciate each thing individually. That has to be something that a company wants to do. I don't know how we can make a company do that other than to look at society at large and the dissonance that we see in areas and topics and how folks are just not getting along. Or connecting. Right. I mean, to, to me, that's that's the importance of, of belonging as well as how well do we connect yeah. um, and, and have a common and shared purpose in the right. space that we are, whether it's at work or, you know, place of worship. Um, so I, I was thinking as as we're putting the, the, the blog or the, the article together uh, around some simple tools like what what I call employee net promoter scores of a really beginning to sense the sentiment of people in the organization as mm-hmm. one context, right? Is gather that information right? And, um, just to see is uh, how can we be informed by the people who are actually in that space? And, and even though that would help us to start telling the story and then we could start to create what I, what I like to think of these different wonderful events that we could have of where we start to create that space of belonging, right? So I was thinking of things like, hey, can we have an open mic, you know, like maybe spoken word? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> yeah, and people come up and share, um, you know, why do you think belonging is important to them? For, yeah, for yeah, that interesting way to do it. Storytelling, yeah. you know, storytelling is a thing. So part of what I did in, in one of my... Um, births of life, I guess. I worked with domestic violence perpetrators mm-hmm. and they were all males, all male domestic violence perpetrators. Oh. And we put them, we did a lot of healing with this group of people because what we found is that there was a lot of trauma in their background. So we mm-hmm. 
work to work with their trauma to help heal their trauma. And we would do um, ritual work with them. And we would actually go through some healing rituals that help them get from, I believe that what I'm doing is right because I'm protecting myself. And this is how I express how I feel to maybe that is not so right. And my violence was causing pain to others and myself. At the end of this program, we would have an open mic. And it's, so when you said that, that made me think of, and, and these, these, these men, these brothers, we get up and write poems, storytell, talk about their journey, the whole bit. And what that did is that, and we would invite people from the community to come in. And most of these, if not all these men were on probation or parole. So they were within the system. So we would invite judges, um, probation officers, people that treatment facilities that they had to show up for while they were doing the program. And it really shifts the way um, the, the criminal justice system, the people on the other side viewed their clients because they were our clients as well as theirs. And they saw them as more human. So I think there may be something to that. Storytelling, um, just being in a room to share, doing restorative justice is another thing. It, it, those kind of things, I think, really help to promote listening and leveling the playing field and that we all go through stuff. Well, and bringing this, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just bringing us back to the core of being human beings, right? That we, we all have stuff. And yeah. the other thing I was thinking about beyond, you know, open mic is storytelling, but we could tell stories through posters, kind of like visions, posters that we could put different imagery of what belonging means to us as, as something more permanent, not even permanent, but it could be more of a display. Think of, of that we're, we're going to um, a museum of some sort that the workspace also becomes or that space become a, a museum for the art that's being published. Mm -hmm. um, Which is another thing we did. We yeah. did the exact thing, right? And yeah. so those forms of display really help the person understand how they belong. And it helps them to begin to solidify because that might change as a person heals. Mm -hmm. Some of those mm -hmm. images and ideas may change and that will help help them see their progression, see their, their, their movement toward being more whole and some people feel like I need to feel whole in order to belong somewhere. And that's not always necessarily no, true. No, right. No. So I don't think we have to have all our shit together in order to belong somewhere. No. Because I, there are I, well, I want you to tell their... me when you have all your shit together. So I don't, I, I'm exactly. never there. So exactly. <laughs> and that's what I was going to say, because many of us who don't have our shit together belong to each other. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's okay. Right. So the third thing I thought about was this thing we call open space, where people bring topics that they want to cover, and then they gather in a room, small pods of individuals having these discussions, and they're capturing what's being shared in that space. Right. So, so that's another way I was thinking like, hey, you know, how do we begin to share the purpose of belonging, where it's not just driven by HR, 
mm. right? The human resource group, but it, it's it's really in, engaging the whole community to, to be a part of the conversation such that when we talk about, here, here's why belonging is important. Um, we have many voices and I think open space technology, you've been to an open space, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, at one of our agile events. And, and right. so you can see how that works, right? And in, in using yeah. the wisdom of the crowd to participate. And so yeah. we could call it the festival of belonging. What do you think? Mm, no. Come on, mm. come on. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what would you call it? <laughs> I don't know, but it wouldn't be that. <laughs> I would love to hear what you come up with. Yeah, you know? I, I'll have to sleep on that one. But Festival of Belonging, I don't oh, know, bro. Yeah. Uh, I can mm. see it. Yeah. Okay. What would it look like? <laughs> Tell me what it would look like. I just gave you three. Posters, open mic, open space. So it would you be know? that museum idea. Well, it's the museum. It's the open mic storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, it's open space as an, an event so that's the festival everyone comes and I was even thinking more along the lines of hey come in your authentic garb bring some food you know really so make this, it a festival so this sounds like I don't know if you remember this thing we had holiday yeah. folk fair yeah do you remember that that's what yeah. that sounds like to me it sounds it sounds like a renaissance fair it sounds like some got like a state fair it sounds like a it's a human fair it's a human. Okay, Dave. It's a human fair. <laughs> you know me, you know, it's going to be some creative ideas that are fatting around that we could make something interesting and fun. Yeah. Creative is one thing, but corny, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I'm corny. That's good. <laughs> we belong. Uh, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, I, I was just thinking of this as an opportunity yeah. for, for people to, experience and learn and share about what belonging means together it's it's just one model they, there are many different ways we could approach this right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and I, I think there are areas where we do have that where people sell their different wares and their the, the, about their different cultures and some kind of markets and stuff so something on a belonging scale yeah in that yeah. sense. Okay. So, because so, I think sometimes, and it, as, as I'm spending more time reading about different people's context of belonging, yeah. um, and this is important to you, you believe in somatic healing. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that's just coming up is that it's not just about the psychological aspect, it's also in our bones, it's in our flesh, it's in our mm -hmm. blood, and being able to see and touch and Right. And whether we're using some type of, of physical metaphors to help us understand what belonging is, it, it helps us with healing. Mm -hmm. It's right? about that release from the yeah. body, right? So if I'm, if I'm code switching at a job and it causes all of this anxiety in me to do that, and I go home, I've got to release that. If I don't, it just gets stored up and stored up and stored up. And who knows what that can turn into, right? That's what disease is all about, right? There's a dis-ease in the body. So who knows what all of that kind of anxiety can turn into? And certain peoples and cultures do know what that anxiety turns into, right? The yeah. high blood pressure, the diabetes, all of those kind of things. We have to release that on a certain um, 
on a certain level. And it's a cellular release, Dave. It is, as you said, bones, blood, the whole bit. DNA. And when you, ancestral, definitely. It comes down through the ancestors and through the generations, right? What, What we can do, like a really, really quick thing we can do is when we, when we do the thing that we know is not authentic to us, begin to recognize where you feel that in your body. There's going to be, there's, you may not know it right now because you're so used to doing it, but if you slow down enough and you do the thing, you're going to feel it somewhere in your body. Take note of that and then begin to focus on that part of the body and ask that part of the body. You're going to be talking to your body. Okay, body. Okay, belly. What do I need to do to release this out of there? What kind of messaging am I getting? And begin to start having that dialogue with the body. So, because so they, can, go, ahead, go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah, there's so the, the book I'm looking at, um, Bessel van der Kirk, is that the van der Kolk, The Body Keeps the Score, mm-hmm. right? That is a book that is becoming much more popular in mainstream society, but it talks about how stuff is stored in the body. And the body responds to the stuff in some kind of way that might be maladaptive right. as we move through the world. So listening to our body is really important. What we've learned, though, if we, you know, that sense of belonging and, and the baby, what we've learned, though, sometimes some people feel like their bodies are not safe. Yes. That's a whole nother level of things because you can't get in your body if you don't think it's safe. Right. Well, you can't appreciate your body either if you don't think it's safe. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm just saying. Yeah. But but I, I was just thinking of, you know, one of the the the, the exercises that, that this author, I can't remember his name, but um, was talking about. He says, was humming and rubbing your belly. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you use the term corny, but I was thinking like, hey, you know, that is pretty interesting to sit mm-hmm. down and as you're dealing with some level of stress of rubbing your belly and humming and how that helps to release, yeah. you know, yeah, the that, stress and the anxiety. That's not corny at all. Well, you know, a, a thing that um, for people that if they're feeling really anxious and out of sorts to make sure that they know that they're in their body. And sometimes all you need to do is tap yeah. your index finger to your thumb, right? Just or apply pressure. It's like an acupressure point, yep, just yep, so yep. that you know, oh, I'm here. I'm I'm ground. It helps ground you, right? And there's a concept called tapping, where like right along this area, if you tap, mm-hmm, it brings mm-hmm. you in your body. It's about settling your nervous system so that you can be in your body. That's super important when you talk about somatic healing and yeah. that somatic connection. Yeah, well, you know, we, we had to go through it, in, you know, just in our conversation today and, and talk about belonging in, in multiple facets, right? And, and how yeah. we could also help to adjust ourselves in, in, into a space of belonging. Yeah. So as, as we talk about um, reflecting on the purpose of, why belonging is important, you know, what do you want people to walk away with in terms of things that is memorable or it resonates with them um, or just ideas that they may take away, some nuggets, you know, from this topic today? Yeah, and we've covered 
quite a bit in this little bit of half hour, right? Um, it, it's being okay, recognizing if you feel like you don't belong, it's okay. Yeah. Right. Acknowledge that. And don't say I don't belong because I suck. Right. That that's not the answer. And that's not the reason it might have to start with yourself. And that is the last conversation we had that somatic part. Yeah. Feel as if you belong to yourself and you don't have to belong. Like you don't have to be a hundred percent actualized or any of that. Just begin to say, Oh, I can own my shit. I'm I, I am me and I'm okay to be here. Just start with something like that. That may not sound good for some people because people may be thinking, yeah, right. I'm about two steps away from just getting the heck out of here. But be okay with belonging to yourself with whatever that looks like. And then think about where you want to belong, like community wise, and then move to that. And then if you're working and you don't feel like you belong at work, are there real steps that can be taken for that to happen? What I've noticed though, Dave, is if work is a place where you don't feel safe, if you build up all those area, other areas in your life to feel as if you belong, work does not become as much of a problem to feel like you don't belong, right? Because you've got that richness in other areas. And, and, and I would agree to, I, I agree with that in, in the context that Yes, because we're, we're bringing another dimension, a full dimension of ourselves to work. The other thing that we have to be mindful of is that we spend one third of our lives yeah. each day, each day, Yeah, you know, sometimes up to six, seven days a week. Yeah. In, and in we're toxic yeah. place. Right? And we're spending more time in that place than we do at home with our loved yeah. ones. Yeah. yeah. Our community. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's a tough one because you say, let's not make it an HR problem, but it might have to be an HR issue right now for it to begin to happen. Yeah. And then we can work within the departments and all of that other stuff. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm not saying it's not an HR problem. I said, it's not only an HR right. problem that right. if it's a, a whole organization problem yeah. that we need everyone to participate and, and bring their ideas to the table, yeah. even if HR is the agency right. that's helping to, you know, move this through the enterprise, yeah. um, that we need people, we need people's ideas, and we need to make it a community thing, Agreed. you know, and that's why we, we, we love going to these different little festival things. <laughs> You don't even try it. Uh, I, I mean, I remember you going agreed. to some festival stuff. Not a festival of humans. <laughs> of course, it was a festival of humans. <laughs> you know, you know. I, I remember Summerfest. That that's a festival. Yeah. You yeah. know, all sort yeah. of different things happening there. But it, yeah. uh, that's where I'm coming from. From yeah. festival. I, I, I get context. it. I get it. I'm just yeah. giving you shit. Yeah. I, I know. I have yeah. to, I'm bringing it back. <laughs> Well, I mean, and you mentioned Summerfest. That's a music festival, right? And yes. then there's other ones. There's Bonnaroo. There's yeah. Lilith Fair. I, I don't know all the there's other so ones. Many there's things. South by Southwest. There's so many music festivals that bring people together. Yeah. And that's great. And I think what we're talking about is how do we get that to go on a deeper level? 
yes. like leveling up with that on a deeper level in places with where we work. Yes. Or even right? in our own community. It doesn't even yeah. just have to be work. It could be, hey, you know, we live in this neighborhood with a number of thousands of people or hundreds of people. Can we do something like this? Is it possible? Yeah. yeah. And well, yes. and the reason I said work is because of that eight to 10 hours a day that we're spending yeah. with, with people that might be causing us that anxiety that we're not releasing. Yeah. And if we can have a space at home, right. That's it. Exactly. Space at home yeah. to do those things or to yeah. release and to safe, all the things really. And, and it may seem, it may look goofy, but if you're sitting at your desk and you're doing this, nobody's going to know what you're doing. Nope. And what you're doing is you're calming yourself down. Right. Even rubbing like you're doing. Right. Yeah. You can rub any parts of your body. And you see my chakra banner behind me. Chakra banners. Right. So I do chakra work and even focusing on those chakra areas can really help ground you in your body. It's about really feeling safe in your own skin so that you can feel safe being in your skin wherever you are. That's very important. And, yep. and I think that's a, a good place to land being safe in your own skin, wherever you are. Yeah. So let me lead out and say uh, belonging is so important to our existence as human being. Um, you know, it's one of those things that we seek frequently. Yeah. And, and so I would like to say thank you for listening to the Nal Show with Dr. Dave podcast. I'd like to say thank you to Tracy Tracy for partnering in our conversation. And we continue to do this wonderful collaboration. Um, and so you could find the Knowledge Share with Dr. Day podcast in Spotify, Audible, iTunes, and Google Play. I want to do a shout out to uh, Kayana Brow Hendrickson for the theme music and say that this podcast is copyright 2021, Dr. Dave Cornelius on knowledgeshare.org. And, um, you know, Tracy, one more thing before we leave. Yo, we homie, have... what? Huh? What? What is that? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> do we have one more thing? One more thing, you know, just, just be good with who you are. You, we are, you are individually perfect just the way you are. You may have had to learn and adapt to things because of what you've been dealt. Certainly. That's it. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Got it. Let's talk about talk, it. Talk, talk, talk. Let's go deep. We all have something to share, no, no share with Dr. Dave.